<clears throat> tonight I wanted to talk about just a just shortly. Real is really powerful. Real is really powerful. Gra you know, grab grab something around you, like grab a, a candle, gra or grab your keys or your or your phone. No, you put put your phone down. Put it back in your pocket. Put it away. <laughs> no Instagram. <laughs> you grab you grab something. You even grab your you grab your. Uh, Your birch bees. Yeah. Ah. Forgot how dry my lips were. <laughs> but it's something that we can, you know, feel, something we can hear, something that we can taste, something we can smell. Sometimes real things you don't want to smell. Sometimes real things you don't want to see. But real is really powerful. When you see and hear stories that are real, when you touch, when you see, when you taste, that's why when I, I loved going to Israel, and I got, I got got to go about you know a little over ten years ago now, and I got to go and walk where Jesus walked. I got to see where things happened. I got to touch and to smell and to taste life as it was in Israel, as it is still today, in Jerusalem and and Galilee and Tiberias and Capernaum, and the Dead Sea, and it stinks because it's it's sulfur. <laughs> I got to feel what it feels like to float in the sea, in the in the Dead Sea, in the Salt Sea. Thirty percent salt. You can't actually swim. All you can do is bobble. You know, bloop, bloop. All you can do is like float. And it hurts if you get it in your eye. <laughs> I thankfully I didn't feel that. The old guy did. <laughs> that was on the shore screaming his head off. Like I said, so, you know, real is real. When you encounter something, it's powerful in your lives. I was, in, I was recently inspired to, to think about a fond memory. Think about it. Just take a moment. Close your eyes. And think about a fond memory that you have. Maybe it's a parent. Maybe it's with the spouse. Maybe it's your family. Just think about it and keep that memory in your mind. When you think about that memory, you can see the reality. You can almost smell you can feel what you felt. You can hear the sounds. You can see the sights. You can smell the smells. You can feel the emotions because it was real. And that memory is powerful because you can still remember it tonight. Real is really powerful. So I think with, when it comes to the nativity story, Sometimes I think we just need to, we need to demystify the mystery. And what I mean by that is, you know, we can make the birth of Jesus mystical and magical and it becomes safe because we don't have to take it as real, relatable. When we mystify the incarnation and make it something, you know, tangible though, something like your memory where you can see and taste and and hear and experience and feel a real experience, it gives it power. Because mystery and magic and you know, fantasy and sentiment remove us from the story. And it kind of creates this like comfortable distance. Like when you're watching a movie, 
right? We can feel this like comfortable distance between us and the story that we can learn, you know, maybe virtues or some ethics or some little nuggets of, of goody stuff, of truth here and there. But we can watch it and enjoy it and be entertained by it at a distance. Like one of the things I've been doing since my family's been gone this week is, is catching up on all the movies that the family doesn't want to watch. <laughs> like the, the new Haunted Mansion and the new Indiana Jones and all the, you know, these, these videos from, you know, from Sharon, from, from all the, the, the DVDs that, that Ben gave me and, <laughs> and just like all these different, di- different films and Oppenheimer, finally got to see Oppenheimer. Not Barbie though, no. No, no, thank you. <laughs> but, I, but I watch those movies and I, I can keep them at a distance. I can learn some values. I can learn some good things, oftentimes from, from people's mistakes. Like from, you know, Haunted Mansion, don't go into that room, there's a ghost, you know. But stories that are real have a different impact. You know, I've never seen like the Kendrick Brothers movies, like, you know, uh, lo- the, what's it called? The, uh, the, the Love Dare, what is that called? Fireproof. Fireproof or Facing the Giants or Courageous or the Life, like Life, life Mark. You know, seen these, these movies? You know, raise your hands. Seen them, right? There's something about these movies, especially the early ones, like terrible acting in some of them. <laughs> Cheesy story writing. But who had a dry eye through those movies? No. I, I watched Courageous today. And I was like crying through like half of it. I'm like, this is why I have a fear of my daughter dying because of movies like this, like Christian movies that like kill off their children. I'm like, stop it! I haven't seen my daughter in a week. But like courageous, there's something real about it. So when stories are real, it doesn't matter like the cheesy writing or the, or the bad acting. When the stories are real, we can, you know, we can identify with the characters of the movie. You know, though, like you said, though it's like cheesy, like all time, oftentimes we can either like associate to one of the characters or even even to several, several of the characters, the desires behind the characters. Like my desire to be a good father to my son, to be a good father to my daughter, to be a good husband to my wife, to be a good man in our culture, to be some, a man of character, to be a man of integrity. And this movie is all about and all wrapped up in that. And I, I resonated so much with that. It just, you know, when I first saw it, I was, I was a single guy. And I was like, oh, it's a good movie. Oh, yeah, it sucks. It's not right. And now I'm like blubbering through the whole movie. I'm like, I understand why this made such, such a huge impact. This is amazing. The real people, the real stories, the real life truths of the characters are what impact us. Real people, real truths, real power. And so when the birth of Jesus becomes simply mysterious and magical and fanciful and sentimental, we can keep Jesus Christ at a distance. And so as to pr- try to protect ourselves from the power of the gospel, from the power of the incarnation of Jesus Christ from what it's asking us to respond, how it's asking us to respond. It's not asking you to enter into, into religion. Jesus didn't send, you know, I always loved, you know, the, the, you know, Ricky Bobby, oh, six pounds, eight ounces, little baby Jesus in the manger. 
He didn't send this little six-pound baby, you know, or six-pound, six eight-ounce little baby into the world to condemn you, to make you follow a bunch of rules and regulations and make your life kind of a living hell of religion, of boring, of rules, of mood. Jesus Christ, God came in the flesh to give you a joyful, abundant, glorious, hopeful life. So that life, your life in him would have meaning, would have purpose, would have direction, would have protection, would have him as your God walking with you and showing you how to live. Like we talked about this morning, helping us to live and walk in what is right, what brings life, what brings flourishing. Because we have to have a voice telling us and showing us these things. Whether it's the Lord, whether it's the world, whether it's our neighbor, whether it's our, you know, you know our dramatic coworker. Anyone got those? Everything's, you know, dr- drama. That's Everything. <laughs> right. Everything's, you know, the curse word this, curse word that, you know. Their life is just like, Bleh. how can we bring joy to that? Because the Holy Spirit's living inside of us and giving us the joy, the spring in our step to be able to love people who we really don't like. Desiring their good, desiring their flourishing. And we can watch and see people's lives changed around us because we're pouring out the love of God on them. It's not about keeping a short account of your sins with God. He paid for those 2,000 years ago and he's inviting you into that. He's inviting you to say, come, trust me. Trust me with your life and trust me with your life because it's the fullness of joy. In God's presence is the fullness of joy the fullness of it. And that's what the truth of the gospel is trying to tell us this evening. Joseph also went up to the town of Nazareth in Galilee and to Judea, to the house, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and family line of David, to be registered along with Mary, who was engaged to him and was pregnant. While they were there, the time came for her to give birth. When he gave, when she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him in t- tightly in cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no guest room available to them. So, I mean, I, I, I've, I think I've kind of popped most of your bubbles at this point of this image. But, you know, you know, the number one person that is depicted in movies and music that's supposed to be in the Bible, but it's not in the Bible. The one character that's in all the movies, and all the plays. We just actually saw him tonight in our, in our little film. The number one person that's always in music and film and stories about the Christmas story that's not in the Bible is the innkeeper. Oh, yeah. There's no inn. There was no inn. There was no hotel. There's no motel. The word for the, you know, the, there was no guest room. It says the guest room up there that is often translated as inn is actually the word kataluma, which is the guest room or the sleeping quarters upstairs. It wasn't a stable. It doesn't say one time in the Bible, stable. Jesus wasn't born in a stable. He was born on the first floor of a Jewish house, which is where, like, during the day, they would, like, cook all the meals and, you know, do the weaving and do the sewing and do the working and do the, all the, you know, the woodworking and the leatherworking, all the stuff. And then at night, they would bring in the animals, like their prized, you know, uh, goat, milk goat, and their sheep, and, you know, possibly even their milk cow, maybe a donkey to protect them from predators or from thieves. 
and they would sit, they, were, they would sleep, and they would stay in, in, the, in the base floor of their home. And so they had a manger on the first floor. The kataluma was full. The guest rooms, the sleeping quarters were full. So most likely, Jesus' birth was full of people. Like, you know, we oftentimes see the images, like the, the, the stories like you know, Mary and Joseph are alone with a, a screaming woman like giving birth by themselves. And this guy, Joseph, was like, I don't know what to do. I got stuff on me. I don't know. What is that? You know. But she was probably surrounded by family, by aunts and uncles from Joseph's family because they were there for the census. And they were also probably there for Sukkot. I think he was born during Sukkot. That's my opinion. But... But they were surrounded by family. There was just not enough room for them because it was a big holiday and a big census being taken. It gives a little bit more of a tangibility, doesn't it? it takes a little bit of the fanciful, like, you know, starry night, you know, type thing away from it. Because we don't even know if he was born at night. He could have been born, like, first thing in the morning or, like, late afternoon. We don't know. Which might be ruining our Silent Night song coming up. <laughs> But it gives it a tangibility, right? You can see it. You can smell it. You can sense it. You can imagine it. And it takes on a little bit more reality. Like watching The Chosen. Mm-hmm. Watch, the, watch the, movie, the TV show Chosen. If you have not watched it, go watch it. It's phenomenal. It's free. But here, because here's the reality, guys. Real is really powerful. I've been tempted to even like, let's do Christmas in July when we don't, when it's hot outside, you know, we can like go, go Australian style, you know, where summer is, is, you know, Christmas is during the summer where we can celebrate the incarnation, the joy of Jesus Christ in a real and powerful and tangible way. And that's my prayer for you. And that's that. And that's how I'm going to wrap this up tonight is that I want the birth of Jesus Christ to be real to you to be something that you can imagine and smell and taste and see and experience and feel in your heart and your soul. Because when it clicks, man, I tell you what, then you'll experience joy beyond joy, beyond fathoming, hope, love, true, true love, flourishing life. Because that's what Jesus came to be. He said, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Talking about the world, the enemy of the world. The one that's, that's leading the charge over in Israel and Ukraine. You want to see the fullness of the, the enemy? Look at the wars. Look at human trafficking. The, the darkest evil, and that who is, is, who is guiding world opinions. So you want to follow that guy? Or do you want to follow the Prince of Peace? Follow Mr. Love himself, Jesus Christ, who said, I have, but I have come that you may have life and have it abundantly, have it to the full. So that's my invitation tonight. I would love to talk to you more about it. I've got my, my card on the, on the table there. If, you, if, you, if, you're, if you're wondering, like maybe you've been wrestling with that, like, oh, church is just about religion and hypocrites and blah, blah, blah. I hate church. Church is dumb. The church hurt me. Leadership hurt me. Guys, I've been there. I can resonate. We can, we can share stories, battle stories back and forth. 
but because the, the reality is that God is good. Jesus Christ is love. He is the truth. And he came for you because he wants you. He loves you. Let Jesus Christ be real because when he's real, he's powerful. When he's powerful, he'll show you how good and full of hope and joy he really is. And how really beautiful and joyful your life can be. So I pray that you would have a wonderful, incredible, and merry, merry Christmas. Mm -hmm.